Hello, this is Matt from that time we woke up in a podcast and had to explain manga, our heated adventures overanalyzing manga we find interesting, otherwise known as the Over Manga Cast. We heard your applause and we're back on stage for an encore as we continue with Oshi no Ko, written by Aka Aka Saka and illustrated by Mango Yokoyari. We read chapters 21 through 40, so let's not waste any more time and let's get into the episode. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Overmonka cast. My name is Sam and as always here at the top of the show we talk about our familiarity with the franchise we read this week. Um, I haven't done anything new with Oshinoko since last time. Uh, you know how it goes with these revisit episodes for me. So uh, Matt, Jacob, how about you guys? I haven't read anymore, but with the anime coming out, uh, I have been wanting to get back to this. Um, I walked away from the last episode going, what the hell did I just read? And I was hoping that a revisit it would have solidified itself, um, which it kind of did. Mm-hmm. I'd say it has gone from a plasma to a liquid. <laughs> <laughs> like a non-Newtonian liquid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like occasionally um, the plot will slap and it will feel solid and then it kind of just... It is a disturbingly apt metaphor. I don't like how well that works. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. As for me, uh, Jacob here, uh, to the shock of everyone, I actually did read a little bit of Oceanoko ahead. Um, not much. couple of chapters uh, didn't really, you know, prep me for anything that would ultimately happen. But uh, it is one of the things that I uh, managed to chip a, uh, a few chapters away from. It was enough that uh, Jacob did earn his personal pan pizza from the Overmanga cast. <laughs> it was delicious. Also, I uh, <laughs> once again read the wrong line and almost didn't do the full reading, but we're not going to talk about that. Boy, we've all we've all had a very interesting week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, think, I think the important part is that we can sublimate our own hectic lives by looking at the hectic reality dating show that our uh main character will now be engrossed within oh man yeah it is a fun one where the manga decides to have uh one plot and one genre for an entire like an like, entire mini arc like 10 chapters uh they do occasionally break back to ruby and arima to like check in how they're doing with the idol group really just to break up the action um and occasionally they act as cool like authorial inserts to describe a specific like showbiz thing that's going on but yeah for the most part it's pretty strictly just this reality dating show and we uh open up our reading with introducing the cast of the reality dating show only like three new characters actually matter and uh only two of them will continue to matter after this but uh we'll we'll keep it to them uh, we have uh, Yuki, uh, the fashion model and diet mean girl, uh, Akane, a famous actress, and Mem Cho, the the meme YouTuber. I love that they have, uh, like, as they're introducing all the characters, they're uh, giving the ages, and I love that there's a little question mark placed by Mem, which you don't really think that much of. It's like, okay, she's not being totally honest about her age. Probably some bit here that I don't get because I'm not in Japanese. This will come up again. <laughs> I I think the original intent of the joke is supposed to be like her content is really childish. So they're like, oh, is I she, guess she's. Is she, is she actually younger than the age that she's saying she is? She's saying 
she's 18 so you're like okay but like your youtube show is real kitty real real cutesy yeah because i mean i mean it's not that unreasonable that like a 15 or 16 year old could pass herself off as an 18 year old this will come up again <laughs> yeah i mean like especially entertainment industry to get apart like uh mila kunis that 70s show literally lied about her age to get on the show like mm -hmm. teenagers have to lie to be on a show to play teenagers Ugh. Yeah, and uh, speaking of people whose uh, true age is uh, a very complicated question, uh, of course, our boy, everyone's favorite supervillain, Aqua Hoshino, who is uh, playing up the shy boy. Oh my god. He is a completely different character, because uh, if, if we had the real Aqua on a dating show, or on a reality <laughs> show, it would be one of those, like, the murderer next door. <laughs> <laughs> it, would, it would very rapidly turn into a, into a true crime show. I don't know. He always seemed normal, but then occasionally he'd just be like, I need to kill the man who was my father. <laughs> uh, it, it's great to watch uh, the reaction of Ruby and Arima <laughs> seeing Aqua on the TV <laughs> show. Like, we know he's an actor and everything, but what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Well, Ruby is really, really salty about uh, Aqua being involved in this. And then here's poor Kana, who, like, I, the poor girl tortures herself. She keeps watching. Look, it's a celebrity dating show. Kana, you know what's going to happen. Look, look, the best way I can describe uh, Kana uh, Arima in this reading section is girl is so jelly she can be spread on toast. <laughs> I love it. Oh, yeah. That they took the crush she had on Aqua previously of like, oh, yeah, he's a hot guy to be. They doubled down. <laughs> girl yeah. is girl is down hard. She down bad. That's and that's so fitting because, you know, she's a teenager. Mm -hmm. She's trying not to feel this way. So, of course, it's magnifying the feeling of a hundredfold. And here's Aqua uh, tacitly participating in this celebrity dating show. And <laughs> both of them are very displeased. I I love the like ca casual conversations the cast has with each other going like, yeah, no, um, we're all lying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not really lying, but yeah, we're lying. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are passing work friends. We don't actually care about each other this much. For the for the sake of the reader, Aqua's mask uh, is very quickly shattered uh, with him thinking this is such a pain in the ass. <laughs> he he's doing the shy boy persona in the background and then it zooms in and we get the supervillain glowing eye and him <laughs> menacingly paneled as uh complaining about how much he hates this plus we got classic aqua nonsense of he is the most talented person in the room but is purposely trying to be mediocre because all he cares about is getting through the 12 episodes they signed up for like like yeah, yeah. i don't want to be part of any like major dramatic plots i just want to be cute enough to be still in the show because that's how i'm gonna get producer guy to tell me information about i it it, it goes on like this for a while there, there is some uh Decent character drama that comes out of this. I, I really liked the bit, actually, where um, Aqua and Yuki are are talking, and it seems like they're kind of having a genuine moment, and even his mask is slipping a little bit, like he's falling for the kayfabe. <laughs> and there's just a panel zoomed in, and she she's whispering, behind us, the camera. Don't look at it. 
<laughs> don't ruin my shot i've worked so hard on this i'm like okay <laughs> i i re i really appreciate like in another manga they'd probably go out and full-on just make yuki like a giant villain mm -hmm. she's she's just really into her job she's yeah, like oh, yeah. i'm working hard on this scene i'm not mad at you but like if you could just play along that makes it so much better yeah that's why i described her as diet mean girl yeah like that's not a that's not an unfair or an accurate description but the thing is she's actually really pretty genuinely nice i don't think there's a malicious bone in her body that's just the um, part she's playing yeah she is a little callous with how she treats her yeah but she's also yeah. a teenager yeah yeah she she's she's a little callous with how he, she treats her co-workers but when she sees that like genuine harm has come from it she's very remorseful yeah mm -hmm. as we will get to because uh basically what ends up being a uh, center point of the show is uh memcho is sort of like a a focal point character and then uh yuki and two male human characters that exist <laughs> they're they're definitely here it, it's a nice guy and cool guy are the are their archetypes yeah and they're in a love triangle uh aqua is not really involved in this he's just sort of there he, he is explicitly playing up to the cameras enough to be featured so that he's not like barely in the show and could yeah. conceivably like the favor that's being done to put him in here be seen as like spurring him he is mm -hmm. doing the bare minimum to get paid uh to get paid and to get his uh his final reward to advance that, I, the plot that's what i'm saying that's more his right. payment than anything than, like, than the money he's getting for this yeah conceivably they're getting paid actual salaries but money is never a problem mm -hmm. for them so like mm -hmm. well actually no they're rich Ruby and Aqua are rich, though, yeah, is the thing. So, like, they don't actually care about the money. Yeah, Ru uh, Aqua does not care about the money for this. We actually learned that in, in another chapter where uh, Ruby and uh, Kana are uh, brainstorming, uh, brain light raining. Sing uh, single brain between the two of them, yes. Yes. <laughs> I'd say more about two-thirds, but... <laughs> on their... Uh, on their revived uh, idol group. Uh, we learned from producer mom, whose name I forget, and I feel bad about it because she's legitimately one of my favorite characters. I really like producer her. Producer mom's a good name. Yeah. I think they refer to her as that sometimes, so it's fair. I don't fair. Think appreciate that, but... <laughs> I don't think she appreciates it, but I know that some of the characters refer to her that way. <laughs> we, uh... She's like, all right, so we need to start doing some promo work for you guys to become new idols. Don't worry. Uh, I've done this like uh, online marketing thing before. In fact, uh, we've uh, our agency's got a pretty famous YouTuber. Behold, <laughs> this extremely buff man in a mask. Pion. <laughs> I'm very uncomfortable that the fitness workout instructor who performs various physical activity in a Speedo is very popular with elementary school students. <laughs> yeah. Pion, a brawny masked trainer YouTuber. <laughs> Speedos are, are haha funny naked is the Probably. reason. That, that's 100% it. But also yeah. I like, I like the like headcanon that it's because the moms watching those like kids. <laughs> no, we're going to watch Pion. Yes. And uh, Pion is here to uh, help uh, Ruby and Kana with their uh, promo by collabing on his YouTube channel. 
I, I really like the moment where uh, God is extremely dismissive of him until he goes, I make 100 million yen a year. I'm sorry for making fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> Kana knows what she's about. Oh, and there's a whole thing about how they want to do it the easy way and just be like, yeah, I can just like say you're my friends or something or like, I forget what the original plan is, but it, it involves some like lying on their behalf. And Ruby was just like, no, if we're going to do this, we're going to be honest and do it the real way. Because mm -hmm, that's her whole thing. And Pion's just like, I appreciate the chutzpah. Okay, <laughs> you're going to work out for an hour. And if you do, I'm going to let you do a face reveal on my show. And then they do do the full hour long workout. And he's just like, I am so impressed. I legitimately was just going to do some selective editing to make it look like you guys worked out for the entire hour. But um, here we are. <laughs> you did the entire thing. Good job. You were even wearing the weird duck masks. <laughs> So as, as someone who wears this all the day, all time, uh, all the time, every day, uh, that's not easy. And so they get to do their dramatic face reveal and get a surge of popularity. That good old cross promotion. Uh, the main takeaway from this is they uh, had been flip flopping on what the name was. And Ruby basically just goes, no, we're going to be B Komachi, which is I's idol group name. Mm -hmm. So they're they are fully committing to being inheritors of her will, which yeah. Duh. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's obvious from an audience perspective, though. I will say one thing that I sort of like about this is that Ruby keeps being like, no, I don't want to decide for myself. I know what I'd pick. But, you know, you're part of the team, too. And uh, uh, Kana just keeps being like, I don't care, though. You know, and eventually she just is like, oh, be Kamachi then. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. I gave you several opportunities to say something else. The worst case of, uh, hey, where do you want to eat tonight? I don't know, wherever. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we could narrow this down a little. <laughs> no, whatever you want. That doesn't seem true, but... That is basically just Kana's entire existence and <laughs> with, this, with this idol thing. I don't have any opinions, has strongly held opinions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's a dumb, I love her. Uh. But um, that, that's like a brief moment of levity before we have the three chapters that follow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, um, then, then this plot arc happens. So basically what's been happening is, as we established, the main focal point of the show is Yuki is the center of a love triangle. Uh, Aqua is doing his best to, like, stand by on the sidelines. And Mem is being cute, but not really romantically involved. So she's all over. The problem is that leaves Akane kind of without a real strong role to have. So mm -hmm. what's happening is she keeps getting edited out because her scenes are less interesting and you only have so much time for an episode, which culminates with um, her going to the company president to go talk to her manager of her group. And her manager is getting chewed out by the president about how they put so much effort to get her into the show. And he watched it. She's in barely 10 minutes. Yeah. And uh, there there seems to be uh, at least some level of affection between uh, Akane and uh, her uh, and her manager and her manager. I mean, it's her manager's job to be friendly with her, too, though, is the thing. Like the president is literally just concerned about the fact this investment is not making us money. Well, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. that's that's the president's concern. But what both of them are most concerned about is the feelings of the uh, Akane and the manager, respectively. Like it doesn't even come off as a professional uh, concern. It comes off as a friendly concern. Like they actually mm -hmm. like 
care about each other personally. Akane feels like she's failing him, and he uh, is uh, in a really rough situation that he can't really do anything about. Mm -hmm. He gives her some advice of like, hey, you really should. At this point, you should do something because currently what you're doing is not working. So change up the script. There's only like three episodes left that they're shooting for. So they're like, you got to do something big. Yeah, and she's she is trying to like force herself more and more into the show, but it's not really working because like we mentioned earlier, Yuki is super dedicated to maintaining her primacy. At yeah, this I was about point. to say, this is where Yuki's kind of the villain because mm -hmm. uh, I think it's awkward directly points out, hey, Akane is kind of being left out of the show. And Yuki's response is too bad. I want to win. Yeah, which fair. I it it is. I mean, that's a what job. she's there for. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's uh, Jacob as a lifelong enjoyer of Blue Lock. I don't <laughs> don't get me started that people have to lose if you want to win. I. <laughs> but when everyone else is being goody goody friends to each other, you do come off as the asshole in that group. <laughs> mm -hmm. And like she's trying desperately hard to. Uh, to stand out more it's not working yuki's taking the spotlight over and over um, and i i believe her manager did give her the advice of like if you have to be the villain because being on the sidelines is not getting you noticed mm -hmm. do something that will draw attention to you even if it's negative because currently you're getting zero you're, attention you're falling to obscurity and this is being couched within a, a framing device of uh, ego surfing, which Ruby and uh, kind of have a little aside about. Because they both do it, because of course they do. Yes. Ruby tries to pretend that she doesn't, uh, kind of steals her phone and is like, your last five Google searches are your name with different adjectives, including cute. I love how Kana like really get, digs into like, you looked up your own name followed by cute. That's, that's <laughs> bad. <laughs> Because <laughs> she's she admits, oh, I do it. I, I won't pretend otherwise. You added cute, really? Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, poor Akane, she searches for herself on uh, Twitter with the hashtag for the show and zero results. So uh, she decides that if she can't bust into this uh, love triangle, that is the main focal point. She can at least try to make something happen with some of the other side guys and aqua um but every time she tries yuki comes to do something to the point where she snaps and slaps her just backhand across the face and they made a point that she'd gotten her nails done so they are sharp and there is a cut across yuki's face which causes production to shut down because you injured a model's face yeah yeah Poor Akane is honestly shocked by her own action. Like, she did not even realize she was doing it until everyone had calmed down. This is actually where a lot of my defensiveness of Yuki comes from, because Yuki's immediate reaction is, Oh my god, Akane, I didn't know I was being that ruthless. I'm so sorry. Yuki apologizes to Akane after getting slapped. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and it, like, it's immediate. It's in the moment. She doesn't even consider the fact that she's bleeding right now. She realizes, I took it too far. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. 
you know. But also, look, I will take a- advantage of this situation. We'll come back to it. Yeah. <laughs> look, they can do amazing things with Photoshop. No one's going to notice this little cut on my cheek. Well, she literally just goes, they're going to have to touch. They're going to touch up my photos anyway. Cleaning up a cut is not a big deal, which I'm like, fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. really not. In this day and age, that is a uh, a significantly that's- lesser concern. Yeah, that's to be expected. It's like, oh, wow, what a what a nice, sweet reconciliation. It seems like they had a genuine moment of connection there and uh, and a burying of the hatchet. This is going so well. Cut to the show doing dramatic framings of Yuki with the cut on her face. Uh, it was the teaser for the next episode was the thing. Mm-hmm. Only the slap. Yep. So there is an entire week of people having nothing else to go on other than Akane's a monster. The I'll give the manga this. It very accurately uh, portrays the the Twitter thing of one singular bad thing happens. Immediate deluge of this person is an irredeemable monster and must be destroyed. Self-righteous nonsense. Yeah, like <laughs> complete Self-righteous nonsense. Jacob, say the line. Tulpa of a rage demon. God, the fact that Ocean of Co. is so good at portraying the worst parts of the internet. That mm-hmm. these these tweets are so on brand. I'm like, mm. there is some incel nonsense of some guy just going like, of course a woman would act like that. This justifies my misogynist beliefs. And I'm like, yeah, that's what people on the internet do. They Ugh. they use I, one thing out of context to justify their weird worldview. Uh, I almost wonder if Akasaka went on actual Twitter and just took some tweets and changed some proper nouns. It's there, it's so. This is three chapters of abuse, mm-hmm. and it is it is painfully realistic, mm-hmm. and like. Gosh, this is definitely, I feel, a strength of Oshinoko as a series. It, like, there is no softening of it. There's no sugarcoating of it. This is just cyberbullying. Mm-hmm. And it's a thing that happens in real life and needs to goddamn stop because it is so painful. I love how just, like, painful and gut-trenching because you just see Akane, like, crying in her room and she's just scrolling and even when she tries to put it away, she's just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And, like, the stuff that really gets to her, like, oh, they got the other characters, like, giving commentary to each other because they've been through this before and they're like, yeah, yeah, I can understand. Just, like, you... The stuff that hits you worse is not the people just, like, spewing, like, random hate. It's the people who do, like, the real nitpicks of, like, she's not that good of an actress. I used to kind of like her, but this just really seems like she's grasping at it. Because, like, that person isn't saying, oh, this hurtful monster hurt my precious Yuki. This person was genuinely going, wow, you were just acting out for attention? That's kind of sad. Mm. And that crushes her so much more and like the stuff that was like i can't believe this kind of person was raised by such a terrible mother and that's one of the things that that cuts the most deep because that's not what the issue was nor is this any evidence like that comes out of nowhere that's a random speculation and you're attacking a completely innocent person who has nothing to do with this I I love the bit they go into where Akane is talking to someone and she's like, 
yeah, I, I really just want to apologize. And the person just cuts her off going like, you're not going to do that. These people are out for blood. An apology would make things worse because mm -hmm. what an apology is, is you admitting you were wrong, which vindicates them. It makes them feel like their self-righteousness has worth because you have admitted you are a bad person. You are deserving of this blame we are shoving on you. And I'm like, holy shit, man. Oshinoko, you're getting too real. <laughs> it, it's, it, it really is too real. Like, the, the panels of her doom scrolling in bed, of her, like, she, she has the covers pulled up to her chin. She's wearing headphones. She's, like, trying so hard to block all this out, but eyes wide, you know, and the panels of the tech, of the tweets she's still seeing them the one that really killed me before you know the whammy panel there's no text on it it's just her collapsed in a uh in the bathroom like head over the bowl of a of the toilet just like in it it's such a dejected image mm -hmm. yeah it's it's a picture that just radiates this overwhelming sadness it really like hurt to look at yeah and it's uh it it really paints the picture of like this is horrible and this is abuse being hurled at you that you can't look away from because it's still there and you know it's there and it's and it's your job that's what i was gonna say like you, you know it's still there if you if you do turn it off that doesn't change the fact that it's there and you also need to be aware of, you know, your uh, identity in that space because it's your job, which, you know, says something about the whole child actor thing. And like, because they, they mentioned she is a she is a kid. This mm -hmm. this comes up a lot. She made a stupid mistake because she's a teenager. She doesn't have enough life experience to, you know, it's like this could happen to an adult, but a well-adjusted adult has the capacity to recognize how BS this all is. And it still hurts and it's still a problem and it's still disgusting and should not be done. But like they have the maturity and wisdom of years to survive it better. Yeah, mm -hmm. they have the ability to know if I just don't do anything, this will blow over. This too shall pass. Like... And several of the other members of the reality dating show say it best, where they're like, sure, we've dealt with this before, but we put on personas all the time. That mm -hmm. That's a level of abstraction that helps us. Akana has been interacting with this show very authentically. Mm -hmm. She's been using her real name, too. So everything she's reading is about her, not the character she's playing. Even mm -hmm. though, even in this reality show, there is a slight difference. Mm -hmm. uh, and like she's just stuck there wanting this to end being explicitly told nothing she do will actually make this better because that's the truth digital apologies are meaningless because you don't actually deal with a person as a human being so it's hard to have that level of empathy that you would get when someone apologizes you to in person there's a humbleness there there's like there's a human connection there. Yeah, it, it's easy to just write off apologies are meaningless and I don't have to be merciful because I am protected by a wall of ones and zeros. And yeah, that's what everything that's been wrong with our society. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a lot harder to be horrible to someone when you are face to face with them and can literally see that they are a person.
I'm just saying, bold stance. If you want to hurl abuse at someone, go do it in person. Mm -hmm. It's a lot harder, takes a lot more effort, and then they can also fight back. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it, and it's that second part that is what I feel is missing from the equation. But uh, unfortunately, there's not an easy solution to that problem. So uh, we uh, mm -hmm. proceed with this story, which... Uh... Counterpoint, Jacob. What if somehow we were able to freeze ourselves in stone for a thousand years, <laughs> potentially? Maybe even <laughs> 4,000 years. I mean, that is an option, but uh, in this case... Uh, we would all get amazingly hot because <laughs> all the fat reserves would be burned away to just solid muscle. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, but um, Instead, it's... we go into the, gee, I hope this isn't going where I think it's going section. It's going where you think it's going. Uh-huh. As the uh, the messages have gone from just randomly hurled insults to personal attacks uh, well it was already personal attacks but just made up well like, the, the episode aired which made everything mm -hmm. worse because yeah. even with context people just took that as negatively as they could yeah mm -hmm. because they and wanted to see her as a villain at that point they wanted more evidence that the thing they made a prejudiced belief on was true so yeah i mean and, good for you you're a bigot I, mm -hmm. yeah and uh akana goes out because her friends check in on her because they're like hey have you been eating and she's like no not really you should eat something my mom's out for the day I, I, okay I, I you're right i should eat something i'm gonna go buy something it's a typhoon don't don't go out <laughs> it's typhoon season it, it's extremely dangerous do not go outside hey are you responding to the text okay she's not responding to the texts guys who is the closest to her house Mm -hmm. Very much in character, Aqua was already out the door before anyone bothered asking him. And that's when we get our whammy panel of well, there's several pages of her, you know, on a bridge, obviously getting uh, blown. The thing, the thing I really appreciate appreciate about this, it's like as far as like going for like the tragedy, it is it, it's narratively tragic. This isn't her plan. She was legitimately listening to her friend's advice and going out for food. Just and a spur of the moment decision that this might a, be easier than a thought occurred to her. Yeah, yeah the, is, the worst mm, thought. How that typically happens. Because this is a manga, thankfully, the main character shows up in time. I'm really glad that uh, this is a, uh, a narrative and therefore a uh, safe space to process emotions like these, because... Uh, you know, in real life, that's uh, there's not always a, a, an aquamarine Hoshino to uh, uh, show up. I, I do to find a bit of levity in this scene. I do really like the fact that Aqua, when he pulls her off the bridge in the panel, she's jumping like at the end of that. He's got her by the neck like she's in a chokehold. <laughs> and then on, and when they when they recount this uh, exact scene at the beginning of the next chapter, they have wisely decided that he grabbed her around the waist. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other the other bit of levity is that is another very genuine one where this is not the sort of thing that like, you know, people don't plan these sorts of things and they don't do it for attention. Akane wasn't really planning on doing this, and she uh she basically is is slipping at the end when Aqua catches her. Mm -hmm. I thought Aqua pulled her off. It's it could be either. 
it it it's paneled like she had started to take the step off of the railing and and then uh aqua grabbed her while she was mid-fall and like the the jostling causes her to uh uh like slip all the way and uh but f- but fall in a safe direction. <laughs> well, Aqua is pulling her back up over because she's over the edge at first, mm-hmm. and uh, a cop shows up. We'll bring this up later when they're at the police station. I had to reread this entire section because I got the complete wrong idea of what happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. Aqua does have her in a pretty intense hold because, you know, in the panicked moment... Um... He, he just grabbed to keep her from falling. Also, Aqua doesn't know what her state of mind is. He's a doctor. He's like the mm-hmm. only time that comes up. Yeah, yeah, he's a doctor. He's not going to gently pull her away. Mm-hmm. For all he knows, she'll immediately break his hold and try again. So or he, worse, take her, take him with her. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he like gets her in a full submission hold. That's when the cop shows up. And that's when the cop shows up. And then it immediately cuts to uh, producer mom. <laughs> she picks up the phone. Ruby, hey, what's going on? Aqua is at the police station. He's been arrested. <laughs> He's been detained. And that's how this chapter ends. And I'm like, okay, Oshinoko, you're kind of double dipping on the whammy panels here. <laughs> We saw what happened. No one believes this. The look on producer mom's face is comedic. That's a moment of levity after a very, very heavy plot movement. Mm. She's got a look on her face like, I know there's an explanation for this. I need to hear what it is. But (laughs) dear God, boy. And conveniently, we cut to the the next chapter opens in the police station and it's Aqua going like, yep, nope, there's literally no problems. They actually commended me for being such a good citizen. I'm like, yeah, obviously. A cop (laughs) witnessed you pull her off. This couldn't have been more of not an issue. Yeah. Look, yeah, to the manga's credit, they don't try to, like, convince you that it's going to be a problem for more than, like, a page. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is is a a punchline. It's a chapter break, so they do try and convince you of that for a week. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah. But, yeah, no, this is a punchline, because, uh... So, here's where we get the part that confused me, and I had to go reread this, because, basically, it's the cops just taking the statement and everything, and, like, that, they're going, like, okay, Aqua, you did a good job. Um, Yeah, cyberbullying's bad. Scruff McGruff comes in and teaches everyone a lesson. Like, we we get it. Mm Mm-hmm producer mom is just like oh aqua i'm really impressed that you were able to like socially deduce that your friend was in trouble and she needed to help you like you went out before people told you to go look for her like you were on top of this you were able to see some sense something was wrong and then aqua mentions something about the police having a news database that keeps everything on the up and up and it's it said there was a little thing they posted out about a uh an actress was attempting suicide and I got confused, and I thought this was a database Aqua knew about that was secret, and it, they had reported that this girl was going to kill herself and did nothing about it. Yeah, no, uh, though, uh, those were separate plot points, but I, I see it. This is pretty fast-paced, and the, and the plot points blur a bit. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't well paneled because that's basically just another plot point about how Aqua hacked a police scanner because, of course, he did because he's a mm-hmm. supervillain. So, it, and the problem is, producer mom says, oh, I was so proud of you. Now I'm kind of scared. And that's literally because he was just completely separately hacking the police. Scan yes, yes. <laughs> because he's just casually committing a crime. But the information is relayed in such a way. I had to back up and go like, was, 
was that police officer watching her? <laughs> this becomes so much darker. Immediately, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I found out that wasn't the case. But yeah, no, no, it, it's just badly paneled. It's a badly paneled punchline, but yeah. So while Aqua and producer mom are having their chat, the rest of the cast shows up. Yuki slaps Akane across the face like, you f***ing idiot! Oh, that is, that is a uh, very cathartic moment. It is. It's, it's, it's extremely emotional in, uh, in a thankfully not tragic way this time. Don't worry. We'll double down on it. <laughs> we'll get to that at some point. Oh. Uh, but, um... They they have a nice little come together moment because um, Akane admits that she does want to continue the show. She doesn't mm -hmm. want to quit. So everyone's just like, you you would be well within your right. Well, wouldn't I break my contract? And Aqua's just like, if they if they're seriously going to try and keep you to your contract after this, we can probably go down a legal rabbit hole that they don't want to. Because <laughs> uh, reminder, she's a minor. Yeah. There, there are laws in place about this. And then this is when they bring up the thing about how um, reality shows in other countries seems, uh, will require counseling for those involved afterwards. Because um, the fact that you're living a life that's not entirely real is disassociating at best and traumatic at worst. Like, hello, Nathan Fielder. <laughs> if you if you play a character... There's the threat of disassociation. If you, like Akane, don't play a character, Akane's plotline can happen. Mm -hmm. We do have a great uh, supervillain Aqua moment where uh, the group's having their little denouement and <laughs> Aqua's like, this whole situation has made me feel sick. The haters who say things they please, the TV crew that instigates them, they've made me so mad. And he's got that, like, black star in his eye. I'm like, yes. He's like, I'm going to get my revenge by having a feel-good social media campaign. I'm like, oh, oh okay, Aqua, that's, a, that's a healthy way of dealing with your nonsense. And I'm going to do it by threatening the camera crew with blackmail to get the footage they didn't show. Well, okay, that's on brand. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say this was shockingly tame of you, but no. <laughs> oh. But no, it's still Aqua. We have, um, we, so what they're doing is they're posting photos they have of Akane as a member of the team to be like, hey, I know that episode made her look like nobody likes her, but like, we do. We're all like workmates and we like are friendly with each other. Here's some behind the scenes of like how that is. The show edited it in such a way that it looks that way, but that's not the show's problem. Like it, it's unfortunate this was the conclusion you came to. Mm-hmm. Mm. And we get the great bit from um uh because they're talking about TikTok and Mem says, Yeah, no, I, I used to be on TikTok back in the day, but uh they didn't have um advertising revenue back then, so I switched to YouTube and I'm like, oh that makes sense. Wait a second. That what what do you mean back in the day? We'll come back <laughs> to that. that. <laughs> We're just gonna breeze by that little uh nugget of information. Mm -hmm. Ugh. But um yeah, and with that, they get uh, a whole thing, and it's uh, revealed by Yuki that she's like, yeah, no, remember when I hugged uh, Akane? Specifically did that in view of a camera that wasn't turned off because uh, I'm always on my A-game. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then a couple of the other characters are like, you know, that kind of ruins that really cathartic moment that you had. <laughs> yep. And then uh, that's when... Um, that's when Aqua... Yeah, Aqua, Aqua's all over it. <laughs> that cameraman is just like, hey, man, it's a show business. It's like, oh, so you, the team edited out scenes that made Akane look good to 
I, I, you know what happened? You know how bad that looks for you, right? It's like, hey, kid, that's show business. You just got to do what you got to do. He's like, you know, she's a child. You know, adults are supposed to protect children. And he's like, God damn it, kid. I'm just trying to do my, like, work here. Ah, you're tug tugging at my heartstrings. Okay, fine. Here's the footage. Yeah, I, I love this because Aqua's uh, plan ostensibly is, of course, the the cast is encouraged to take uh, photos and videos and post them to social media as basically just free advertising. And he's like, OK, this is all well and good. We can make a good um, we can make a good narrative out of this, but it would really hit if we had the full footage from that scene unedited. So see the match just described <laughs> and so they set to creating their their vindication video of akane uh combining you know all the various you know cutesy behind the scenes stuff with the footage of the slap and <laughs> including one of the cast members getting out a guitar and saying hey i can do a real sad background music Wow, that's actually very useful. Uh, yeah, one of one of the guys that we decided not to name because they don't do anything. This is like the one thing he does. One thing he does, he's like, he. Uh, well, actually, there's a bit of a fun bit where Aqua's like, are you sure you can contribute music? It's like, dude, I'm in a band. That's how I got here. <laughs> oh, oh, I've taken back on that. That's right. <laughs> you know what? I stand corrected. Uh, uh, that is Oshinoko in a nutshell, though. Um, if you're not Aqua or a cute girl, uh, what are you doing here? <laughs> i mean a little bit i just love how uh how blatant this manga is with just using brands because you know we've been talking about youtube tiktok twitter i i love the image of after the, like the montage of video editing aqua swamped over with a monster like i'm so tired <laughs> i know that feel <laughs> uh, aqua like, aqua isn't like, just a mood he is my mood mm-hmm <laughs> Mem is shaking him awake like, hey, uh, the encoding on the video is done. We're going to upload now. These machines have gotten too efficient. I was hoping I'd have more time to sleep. <laughs> How dare you be so good that you don't give me time to relax. Back in my day, speaking of uh, ages. <laughs> it's not even his day. He, he learned video encoding from his time as like a elementary schooler with that director. Yeah. yeah. They post the video. Uh, the ones who are like social media nerds are like all right we just need to watch the retweets if we get to like 200 in the first couple of minutes we're gonna be good all right cool we've made it we're going viral vindication is happening because the, uh. the whole idea is that the people who have been like really abusive to akane are the vocal minority and the vast majority of people either don't care or just like yeah she's cute mm -hmm. and by having the feel good like emotional video that's like just really easy to interact with you get the unvocal majority to actually contribute and be like yeah no i like that yeah what was the controversy about why are you being so mean to this person man a lot of people on the internet are yelling huh, let me look into this you're right i don't care this seems like something you're overly worked up about have you tried just ignoring it <laughs> Have you tried not being a disgusting grem gremlin and the uh, tulpa of a rage demon? Guys, we did. Guys, we did it. We got the people who touched grass to say things. <laughs> people who don't live on their computer. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Man, we probably shouldn't be alienating our audience like this. <laughs> it's OK if you just stay inside and read manga. Just don't be a dick about it. Cyberbullying is bad, OK? 
and everyone's like, oh yeah, this is this is uh this is great. We we did a good thing here, team. Good job. Uh anyway, we are actually a part of a like dating show here and uh we still Akane, you still need to do a thing. Like mm-hmm. And this is actually a part where um, uh, they all contribute to this, uh, but particularly Aqua, Mem, and Yuki. Uh, part of the reason why this doesn't affect us so much is because we're playing characters. Like, we're not actually putting ourselves out on the line. Obviously, Aqua frames it as dramatically as humanly possible because it's Aqua. I love how Aqua gets called out <laughs> by Mem, because he's just like, yeah, no, if you have a mask, no one can ever really hurt you because you're untouchable. And Mem's just like, yeah, but if you're Aqua, you have like 12 dozen masks and you're kind of just a self-entitled jerk, like. <laughs> <laughs> Which is accurate. Yeah. Don't like, do what Aqua's doing because that whole like loner boy thing is barely working for him because he's cute. <laughs> Most people don't put up with that nonsense. Look, look, look. We just need to come up with a good character for Akane. Hey, Aqua, what kind of girls do you like? Why are you asking me? You're the only boy here. Uh-huh, I'm sure that's why. <laughs> so, what's your kind of ideal girl like? Immediately has flashbacks of I and <laughs> describes her. Well, it describes her in the most shallow way humanly possible. Uh-huh, to the point where Mem and Yuki are like, man, you're actually kind of... You're actually kind of a jerk, aren't I you? Love, I love how they're like, what type of girl... They're trying to find a personality. And they're like, what kind of girls do you like? With the implicit implication being they're asking about personalities. Like, well, she's got to be cute. Mm-hmm. Move on past that. That's not what we're doing here, Aqua. Yeah, but she's got to be cute in like a way that makes her just seem young and full of life. You're not weird descriptors that aren't really making the sound better. Also, per- she's got to have a sparkle and like eyes that draw you in. All of these are really physical characteristics still. Maybe <laughs> do something, that, I, I, I guess, like happy. You're describing happiness, but like n- not in uh, a helpful way. <laughs> and they do eventually, they do eventually identify. It's like, wait, wasn't there a idol that was like that? The fact that Mem immediately goes like, wait a second. Are you describing I from B. Kamachi? And he's just like, no, no. I don't yes. I don't have a weird crush on my It's weird Aqua's entire relationship with I is never appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, I, I it's great in that weird dramatic interesting way. Like uh, which Aqua, is Aqua is somehow trying to perform Oedipus Rex with two characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah just a little bit Uh. i also like how it's a subtle hint that uh mem is older than she says she is because she knows who i is Mm -hmm. oh i didn't notice that that is true Mm -hmm. but uh meanwhile akane furiously taking notes and it's like oh yeah what a sweet little denouement at the end of this maybe we can uh you know move on to the next part of the plot uh without anything weird happening and then akane just like all right i need to look up everything i can about i from bikamachi and just a series of pages she gets a stalker wall She gets a stalker wall. It's like more and more deranged. I I love this <laughs> panel because it's literally it's structured in such a way that it's like a grid of uh, text bubbles. And the top layer is all very surface layer, like you would read on her bio of her website. 
And then from each of those, she's making connections about what that implies on like a psychological level. And it gets more and more unhinged. Like she's happy in a childlike, carefree way. She seems young for her age. That implies a history of sexual abuse at a young age. Does she have multiple boyfriends? Probably had a developmental disorder. Her education level was low when she was about 15. She made an improvement from a catastrophic behavior. Did she meet someone special? She had a sensitive sense of hearing and smell. And like the speech bubbles become more and more like fuzzed out. Mm hmm. Oh, and uh, and the entire time for this section, I'm I keep thinking, wow, I really hope this isn't going where I think it is. And actually, it's not. <laughs> it's somehow worse. <laughs> it's. It is simultaneously not what you thought it was, which would be very bad. And it's it's weird, but not like bad or scary, because ultimately what what we learn from this is that uh, because Akane's trade is acting, uh, she's a method actor who gets really, really deep into character. And that's how she does what she does, which, which is what uh, I'm just going to say. Counterpoint. She is a terrible manager that his advice to her was not play a character yeah that admittedly, is true admittedly yes because we learn from uh akana at uh when she and aqua are talking that um akane is a member of the of the theater company la la lai which is this very uh this very like high-powered theater group and not only is she a member of it she's like the genius savant member of this as someone capable of so thoroughly diving into a character mask that she can like sublimate her own personality i'm i'm gonna say at this point oshido ko's done a pretty good job of doing like believable aspects of the entertainment industry this part feels like an anime plot line <laughs> yeah because she just she's just revealed to have solar social charms. Mm -hmm. She can create an entire personality from whole cloth and sublimate herself into it. Like, I mean, there are actors that work that way. Mm -hmm. There, there are. The there way are. Akane has it is magic, but we're yeah. yeah. The way Akane has it is magic. The. Oh, and, we've we've, and, we've completely and, talked about this without saying what she did. Um, she showed up to shoot for the first time coming back uh, with everyone going like, hey, you feeling better? And she's just like, I'm doing perfectly a-okay. And it's just like, with the sparkles in her eyes yeah, of that, I. And Aqua's just like, why did you dress up like my dead mom? <laughs> also, my girlfriend's crush, but not my girlfriend because she was a child. We don't go into Aqua's life. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Like to the point where Aqua is mistaking her for I. Well, I mean, this whole this whole thing for Aqua is what the f even is my relationship with any of the women in my life? And None of like, this is normal. None of this is okay. His like, brain is on autopilot too because they're testing him to be like, oh, hold on, what's up with Aqua? He's not normally that nice. Uh, hey, hey, Aqua, get me my bag. Get it yourself, bitch. Well, that sounds like Aqua. Hey, uh, Akane, ask him. Hey, Aqua, you want to get my bag for me? Right away, sex mommy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... Uh, Aqua, Aqua is not framed that negatively because the, the whole thing about this for I'll him... I'll frame and... him that negatively. He's real creepy. <laughs> <laughs> 
the whole thing about this is that he's not comfortable with any of the uh, the weird crap going on in his uh, we'll, life. We'll talk about the baseball scene. <laughs> that, uh. like, like, it's to the point where Aqua, like, breaks all composure and runs out of the room like, okay, no, this needs to stop. This is too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At which point, Akane immediately breaks character and is like, oh, crap, did I do it wrong? Mm-hmm. It's like, no, in fact, you did it too well. You did it <laughs> yeah. too well. But but uh, we we skip past something that I want to mention real quick. Yeah, yes, this is a very uh, anime plotline. I agree with you there, Matt. The thing that broke my suspension of disbelief was everything prior said that Akane was like a B-lister at most. Yeah, and like relative, like relatively unknown. Uh, you were. This was her first big break, um, so it it was so tragic that, you know, all this backlash happened on her. And then it's like, no, she's actually this, like, super genius as part of this incredible uh, acting troupe. She's this big name. It's like, okay. The excuse that they give after the fact is that theater isn't as prestigious an art form as it used to be, but that doesn't really solve the problem of this being an informed trait that comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Because, as is talked about a lot in this manga, the entertainment industry, while it is subdivided into genres, has a lot of like interconnection between those. Mm-hmm. And you'd think literally anybody else who's a cast member on this show would be like, "Oh, aren't you that like super genius from La La Lie? Shouldn't you be like doing the acting playing thing? character?" Yeah, yeah, it, it's weird. And especially because how they frame it later is the Arima and Akane are set up to be like contemporaries. They both started as child actors and how it's basically how it is basically phrased is that Arima's star is falling while Akane's is rising Mm -hmm. and they're passing each other in like ships passing in the night. But like, that doesn't really make sense with Akane's story up until this point. It feels like they needed her to do more and they shoved super genius actor in here who now perfectly plays mommy. We need this love triangle involving Aqua to be spicier. <laughs> I, yeah, Even, they, it's a love quadrangle because we, we don't mention the nonsense with Ruby. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> But um, so basically the takeaway is the show has been really kicking off now in the final couple episodes as Aqua and Akane are like viewed as the main couple now because Akane is stealing the spotlight with her personality Mm -hmm. because it's a role and she's excelling at the role she's being asked to perform. And Aqua's like, oh, no, I'm getting weird feelings. Hold on. I need to cut school with Arima. Yeah, um, I, I, I do like how um, Ruby watches the episode with uh, Akane doing the eye impersonation, and even she is just like, "Wait a minute, that's Mama." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, also, it's weird. Also, this kind of answers my question from last time: of what the fuck are the stars in the eyes? Youthful vigor, I guess, because they're not contacts she puts in; they're like a personality. So, so that mm-hmm. actually, yeah, because she loses them when she breaks character. That actually does also make me think of something else. 
and I was having this idea near the end of the reading. There's a there's a bit coming up where I'm going to bring this up again, but it makes me kind of wonder if the stars in the eyes aren't actually the Akane eyes, if the stars are actually a trait from their father, because the the yeah. eye eye stars from Akane are now being implied to be uh like eye sparkles like from uh from like an expression oh i mean maybe but there's a reason why there's a reason why i thought that that will be involved in a bit so just keep that in mind for later the only thing i have to counter that is they do explicitly mention that the kids star eyes look so much like their mothers Mm. but i I don't know it's weird It, it is weird that akane can just adopt the eyes so basically, uh, Awkward needs to talk through these feelings. So he just goes up to Arima at school. It's like, hey, we need to cut class. And she's like, ooh, hey, <laughs> Aqua's finally noticed me. Also, I, I want to point out, this is the weirdest like framing of panels. Arima is having her own like little world where two girls walk by her. It's just like, I don't know. I've been listening to that like love drama. And I used to think the Yuki couple was my favorite, but I'm really into the Aqua Akane couple. They are my OTP. And they walk by and Arima's just like, ooh, I'm in the middle of a love triangle. Ooh, I'm angry. And Aqua appears behind her, which the only thing I have to say is that means those two girls who are fawning over how hot Aqua is did not notice the man they're talking about <laughs> directly next to them. <laughs> Uh, that is pretty funny. Uh, I believe it. <laughs> People be dumb. Yep. Anyway, before we get into these two playing hooky, I think this is a good opportunity for us to take a quick break. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Go ahead. Get your baseball glove. Uh, we're going to the park. Indeed. We'll be right back after this, folks. And welcome back to the show, folks, where last we left our favorite supervillain and also the rest of the cast. Uh, Aqua is going to play hooky with Kana Arima, um, which uh, she seems to be very excited about. Definitely <laughs> for just completely platonic reasons. She assumes it's going to be a date. <laughs> mm-hmm. As she mentions, hey, are we going to cut and like go to Disney World or maybe Universal? It's like, those sound like date locations. Why would we go there? <laughs> what? Aqua, I'm very, very disappointed with your choice of hooky location. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm just I'm just I'm just saying like we, we, we would stand out in like our school uniforms if we went anywhere else. So like we should we should just go places where people are already in uniforms, right? Now nah, I want to play catch. Okay. Oh, <laughs> you, even, you even brought baseball gloves for both of us. That, so you brought one in my size. Do I want to ask why you have a girl's baseball glove? <laughs> <laughs> no. You know what? Knowing Aqua, he probably bought it. I, yeah. Money is not a problem for these kids. Um, there's a great line about how it's clearly he just needed someone to talk to. He's like, well, don't you have friends? Not like real friends. <laughs> no. Well, what about I've... your sister? What kind of loser brings their sister to play hooky? <laughs> <laughs> and that's I... a good line. <laughs> It's a very good line, yeah. 
Oh, man, it's almost like uh, Aqua and Ruby would have a deeper connection if they just talked about the the most interesting thing in either of their lives, which is this, which is the reincarnation. Well, they keep they keep acting like that's a mystery that like. I don't they, know why they keep hide like I don't know why they don't just tell each other about their past lives. It's it not even from a sense of I don't know why the, I don't understand the characters' motivations because in all honesty, why would they think to say that? Eh, I guess they were both abnormally smart babies. Oh, I really love I okay, so like Aqua is parsing out his really screwed up feelings and I why I don't really read him as a creep because he's not comfortable with anything involved in the situation either. Like I no, don't No, I believe the mangaka definitely did give Aqua an entire scene to justify his actions. Uh the uh there, there was one line where he's like I recall when during the baby scenes where uh I was having trouble keeping control of my mind because of the baby biology i'm just sitting there hmm, press x to doubt but okay mm -hmm. <laughs> i guess we're gonna attribute that retroactively oh he just stops talking to arena and just being like no i gotta really just parse out the fact look i'm going through some changes i've noticed my biology affects my mind uh like i had some baby nonsense that was going on and now that i'm a teenage boy it's really cool that i can like eat foods that my adult body couldn't also i'm not saying this part out loud but um mm. I, i'm i'm a teenager i'm gonna have urges i'm gonna like be attracted to people my biological age why'd you specify biological there <laughs> <laughs> I just want you to know it's not creepy if I find 16-year-old girls attractive. But I am into older women. Like a year older? Sure, why not? Sure, we'll put it like that. <laughs> and then there's Kana. That doesn't make it better. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, Jacob, I, he, the, I believe Aqua the character is not a creep. The fact this scene goes into such a detail about why it's okay that he's having these feelings comes off as did you ever watch the fourth transformers movie i didn't watch any of the transformers okay. well, movies regardless for I know some the reason you're talking for about some that. reason in the fourth transformers movie there is a guy who has the st or who has the age of consent laws oh, printed on a business card i know and, about yeah and like two minutes of the movie is him explaining that you're emphasizing that is what makes it weird yeah uh -huh. the fact you've printed this on a business card about why it's legally allowed for you to like screw this seventeen-year-old proposition a sixteen-year-old. Yeah, that doesn't. It's the, fa it's the fact that you're belaboring the point is what's making it weird. Like, mm. sure, I guess you're legally okay. You're still creepy. <laughs> yeah, and and it's like this entire thing of Aqua having this uh, identity crisis because he he allowed says the boundary between me, referring to the doctor, and Aqua Hoshino is disappearing steadily. And it's like, huh, it, I suppose, yeah, he hasn't been the doctor for at least uh, for 16 years at this point. He's gone through the entire puberty process again. That's no matter how much he remembers from his past life, the uh, the chemical uh, reactions are completely out of his control. Exactly. And like he's having this like real introspective moment, <laughs> just thinking aloud and kind of like. Man, you freaking Chunibyo. <laughs> You're such a weirdo. Have you ever considered actually growing up? Oh, I and then I love that's when his line is like, I think I'm into older women. And she's like, oh, older women. Never mind. <laughs> I like this train of thought. Literally one year older than him. 
Yeah, older women. To a teenager, that's what older women means. You got to remember being in high school. That was what older women were. Yeah. You said MILFs if you meant other things. Also remembers that remote remembering that Akane is is the same age as her immediately goes. I love <laughs> it's so great. She's like she's like uh, all blushy and like oh older women. Huh? Wait a minute, that's slots my age too. <laughs> no, I love the I love the building rivalry that seems so utterly one sided between Kana and Akane. Uh huh. It is so funny. Oh. Uh. And it gets funnier. Oh, it gets so much worse because <laughs> this talk, despite the fact it's incredibly one-sided, does make Aqua feel better. Mm-hmm. So he goes back to the competition. He excels. He plays up the game. And we kind of streamline through the final two episodes because Aqua has come to the conclusion, you know what? I'm not actually in love with this girl. But my God, is she an amazing actress? She is able to be more like I than she knows I better than I did. And I was her child. Mm-hmm. I could use this talent. Oh, this emotion. I love how this is framed and ultimately plays out because this is this is setting it up like Aqua is going even more super villain. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so great because it's just like montaging the show and then it ends with a two panel spread of like, I've got to keep her for my for I've got to keep her for my own uses or something along that line. Mm. Yeah, and that's no, paneled over him kissing her. It's like, I can't lose her here, which yeah. if you're just looking at this page in a vacuum seems really romantic. It's a shame that the panel literally preceding that is him with the dark star in his eyes saying that she's useful. Yeah. Oh, but don't worry. There's an entire chapter after this where they explain that just using people to like fulfill your career is totally okay and everyone consents. There's actually a fun bit where uh, Yuki turns down both sides of the love triangle and then at the rap party uh it's revealed that she's actually like earnestly dating uh the the one she turned down on the show because uh uh she didn't want that public mm-hmm. which is again just her being you know clever and ruthless but the thing i really like is it seems like you're gonna get aqua being like manipulative and evil but then he just kind of says out loud no, the feelings, you know, the, the romantic feelings were playing the part. But I do really admire you professionally, and I'd like to stay, uh, I'd like to continue to get to know you on a professional level. He just decides to be honest, and it's like, wow, <laughs> the amazing things that can happen when you just do that. Yeah. yeah. And then Akane is so mature, and she's also just going to be honest. Yes, it's really good that we're just doing this as a professional relationship. Too bad Akane doesn't realize she caught feelings. <laughs> oh, Akane has caught feelings so bad. <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, no, I, I, I totally understand this professional relationship thing. Maybe it could be just like more than professional. I mean, that'd be pretty nice one. I don't think she's like conscious to that yet because mm-hmm. she she accepts that really quickly and without any kind of uh, but like she obviously has caught feelings and is just not acknowledging them yet. We get the nonsense of Aqua receiving his payment. Which oh is my God. oh the, the fucking blue balls of this. <laughs> I, mm, 
Oshinoko, I was having a good time, and then you decide to just cheat. Oh oh, cheat. Yeah, the entire premise of this arc is the the producer of this show said, "Kid, I'll tell you who your father is. I knew the kind of men Akane was with." And then he reveals what his actual story is. He takes this kid out for four hundred dollar sushi, mm-hmm. good business lunch, I suppose, and goes. Yeah, so Akane, she was a country bumpkin. She moved to the city. She didn't know anything. She wore loose-fitting clothes. She doesn't understand. You've got to be presentable. you got to be marketable. you got to be a product we can sell. And Aqua's just like, yep, that's, if that's not something I already knew, that's all very obvious. I, where are you going with this? Well, she wasn't really confident, see? So, man, this guy's just turning into J. Joe Jameson. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean kind of is. Yeah, and he's just like, Look, so I sent her off to a school for actors so that she could learn how to act. And for some reason, while she was at that school, she was suddenly became confident and happy. She must have fallen in love. And Aqua, Aqua, for some reason, does not do what I did while reading this. I'm like, that's not an answer. That's not what you promised me. You know nothing. <laughs> mm hmm. What it ultimately boils down to is the end of a chapter frames it as if now I will give you uh, like, like we get a new piece of information. I fell in love at the theater group that Akane is a part of. Dun dun. Why is the fact that a, a, uh, that I was part of La La Lie? Why was that a secret that Aqua didn't know? That doesn't seem like their membership is private. <laughs> Well, because then it's a reveal for this plot line because we can't reveal the entire plot here. Because then, you know, go to next chapter and we learn no new information other than the fact that whoever I fell in love with first. I, this I, isn't I, even necessarily Aqua and Ruby's father either. Like I, this is just someone she fell in love with. It's also, it is not what the producer said he had. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Aqua seems to be very happy with this information is dumb too much was promised because obviously you know you, you gotta extend point. out the plot yeah. but then like then give us a name that's not actually their father give us another lead mm-hmm. make it some guy who's in charge of the show that they're putting on like you just said la la lie and that just means ha so the person you're already tied up with you should the person aqua was already keeping tabs on he is going to continue to do so. Yeah, it doesn't change anything. It's, it's dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it kind of uh, goes back into the idea of uh, Akane getting tied into the La La Lai thing really does feel like it came out of nowhere mm-hmm. uh, because that didn't need to be a plot element. We were already going there anyway. It, it's It's kind of got the feeling that like, the writer knew roughly where they were going and was like, okay, I'll just figure it out as I'm going. It's like, oh, this would be a really good way to tie this together. It's kind of obvious that that was done after the fact. Because it's like, the Mm. problem is it was obviously done after the fact, not any, like, constituent element of it. It's a very unsatisfying end to a very, like, interesting arc. Yeah, yeah. It's very much the way that the information is presented to the audience, not any of the information or even the journey getting there. Because, again, as I think we've, you know, mentioned, it's a really good arc. I I enjoyed that arc. Well, enjoyed is maybe not the right word, considering that's not really the uh, feels it's trying to get out of you. Uh, It was a harrowing uh, arc. Mm Mm-hmm. 
happy ending at least, but yep. Uh, you appreciated the arc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's a well appreciated hey, arc. Hey guys, remember when this was about idol groups? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this next arc definitely is about an idol group. Um <laughs> Okay, uh, look. Okay, look, we've got Akane, but we need to get more out of this, like, group of characters. Uh, how about the one with the cute devil horns? Yeah, Mem, Mem, let's let's get her in the idol. Let's let's oh. make Mem a major character now out of nowhere. It, yeah, it's literally, hey, did you know we all lived in the same neighborhood? Yeah, I'm going to walk home with you. And I thought this was going to be a whole thing of, like, she, because her entire character was, she's like, yeah, I know social media. I thought she was going to play like devil on your shoulder. Like, Ooh, you're in a relationship. Well, what if I have a picture of the two of us together? That'll cause some juicy drama that will give me more attention, but nope. It's literally just, Hey, I like idol groups. Hey, my sister has an idol group. You look like you'd be really good for it. What? That was my lifelong <laughs> dream. Ha, and then me as a part of B Kamachi, that would be, Oh, <laughs> And then we get producer mom going like, wow, I, I should be paying you a recruiter's salary on top of being this. I'm like, just referencing it doesn't make this okay. <laughs> this is one of the instances of where lampshading makes it worse. <laughs> uh, which unfortunately does seem to be the one problem with this section of uh, Oshinoko, because otherwise it's quite fun. But uh, this is also where we, uh, where we get a bit of a reveal about Cho. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I fucking love this. Again, there there are some uh not great bits of this reading section, but then there's the heights, <laughs> such as everything involving them. <laughs> She's hilarious. Oh, because it, it is immediately called out by producer mom going like, hey, you got a secret that you might want to tell us about? She's like, no. It's like, you sure? I I might have lied about my age how many years <laughs> well oh my i love the whole okay so how many years are you lying by two panels of her leaning in and whispering and producer mom's eyes just <laughs> steadily widening <and> <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a, the amazing line of aqua going like how how much like three years he's just like double it thick <laughs> You're 24 years old? Well, I was in the spring. You're 25? <laughs> you were on a dating show for high schoolers. <laughs> I am literally 10 years younger than you. <sighs> there was a problem here. You were on a dating show for high schoolers. No wonder you played the asexual person on the sidelines. Anything else would have been weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there there is a whole thing about how she is technically in high school because of uh life circumstances but <laughs> look i'm technically i technically never finished high school there was there was tragedy and backstory that happened i skipped several years <laughs> yeah her, then, her backstory does dive into melodrama a bit <laughs> Uh, I had to drop out of high school to get minimum wage jobs so that my brothers could go to college. Then my mom stopped being sick so she could take care of them. But at that point, I was 23. I was finally able to follow my dream, but my dream had left me. Yeah, they don't linger on it too long because that's about all they do with it. <laughs> so the, the logic here is she's 23, so she was too old. None of the 
uh, companies want to start someone at 23. That's that's mm. too old to start. So she's like, well, okay, I can at least make a YouTube channel. And because technically I dropped out of high school, I I think she says she's on sabbatical from high school, but I don't think she's gone back. So I I think yeah, she's I just a dropout. So she just says, yeah, technically I was on leave from high school. I still am. So people thought yeah. I was 16 and I did that for two years. So I was 18 when I got invited to do that show. There is a pretty funny moment where she has like this, like, honestly terrified look on her face where it's like, eventually I was just in too deep and I couldn't go back. <laughs> I, I, I get it. <laughs> I don't know if I would have accepted the role of a teenage dating show if I were a 25 year old woman, but you know. Mm -hmm. uh, she's she's i think she handled it the most appropriate way she could oh <laughs> uh, it was yeah that was so fucking funny it was very funny bridge uh, horror but very funny <laughs> i also like how um in nearly every panel uh mem has a colon three face <laughs> oh yeah I I love how after she says her age, we get multiple panels of every single character involved saying, it doesn't matter what age you are, you can become an idol at any age. And I'm like, okay, manga, I'm, thank you. You have made your point of view known. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, welcome to uh, new Bikamachi Mem. Uh, <laughs> Aqua goes up and is like, Arima, please take good care of Mem and my sister. They, they, they need all the help they can get. Shut up, I don't want to talk to you. Oh my god, the the fucking death glare. <laughs> oh, Arima was not keen on the relationship with Akane ever since the finale aired of mm -hmm. Aqua kissing Akane. Arima has been full no contact with him. <laughs> <laughs> there are some really great panels. Again, so jelly, she can be spread on toast. We say Aqua looks like a supervillain. <laughs> Kana's got a death glare on her. Oh, Kana looks like she'll kill her husband for the uh, life insurance money and bury the body. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we then get a training montage where the way they set this up uh, had me go like, this is weird. It does pay off in that. No, you're supposed to notice this is weird because they get um, pay on their top or so we get established. Payon is the top earner of this ad stat, or this um, of strawberry productions. Of yeah. Strawberry productions. This guy who brings in a million dollars a year for. Well, I'm sorry. No, he doesn't bring in a million. He makes a million dollars a year, so presumably he brings in multiples of that for the company. Mm -hmm. But he has been tasked with getting these girls into shape because they're not ready to be idols yet. Yeah, as it turns out, when the whole uh, point of the job is to sing and dance and do complicated moves and be super cute and peppy all the while. It requires a great amount of uh, physical stamina. Also, apparently, um, Ruby and Arim have just been waiting on, or Arima have just been waiting for songs to be made because they're like, yeah, the production company got like a songwriter involved. We'll have some stuff. We're just waiting for it to show up. Is like, and then Mem's like, hey, biological clock is ticking. Why are we not working right now? If we're going to be a legacy group, why can't we just use uh, B. Kobachi's old songs? 
Mm -hmm. And no one had thought of that. <laughs> you know, we have an entire prior library, well, right? Well, see, oh. here's the thing. It's not that no one had thought of that. Ruby is an idiot. Of course she didn't think of it. <laughs> Hana did think of it. She was said someone was smart enough to notice. <laughs> because she's still not convinced she wants to do this. Because Kana is sandbagging. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, that does not work for her for long because she gets busted into shape by Chicken Head Man. <laughs> and Chicken Head Man gives her much love and kind advice. And she's like, oh, he's so much more handsome than Aqua. He's amazing. And at he's this so much point, more understanding than that mm -hmm. bastard Aqua. I hate him so fucking much. Also, I thought Payon would be like way too buff, but he's actually kind of slender in person. That's amazing. And I'm just like, that doesn't. What? <laughs> but look, even before that panel happened, I was like, oh, that's Aqua in the mask, isn't it? <laughs> You're good, Sam. You read this better than I did, because for. A long time. I was second guessing myself. I'm like, wait, was Aqua always pay on? Aqua's making a million dollars a year and he's doing anything else? <laughs> well, well, the thing the thing that tipped me off specifically was the he's so slender because we saw pay on without the shirt on. He's buff. He's, he's super big. buff. So so when they're like, he's also really uh, he's also a lot or it's Mem who didn't meet him the first time said he's a lot more slender in person than I thought he would be. And I'm like, I'm under that mask because Kana is soon sitting that hard. I, I I had seen too much of how heavy are the dumbbells you lift. So I just assumed it worked like the trainer when he's wearing the workout sweatsuit. He's a normal guy. The second he takes it off, way too ripped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was the scene where uh, Kana and Payon, air quotes, were talking on the balcony that I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> hold on because the thing is the thing is that scene i was i i won't say i was like super clued into it but like that scene is like where you're supposed to start to pick that up but like payon's already shown that he's actually like legitimately like understanding and like uh on board with helping these people so it's like oh he happens to be a, a fan of kana from back in the day okay he's old enough for that i suppose that makes sense he seems uh, like he'd like to sing a bell pepper song yeah like he seems like he it's a bell pepper exercise song that seems like something that would get him into the entertainment industry or some such nonsense but then that's when you cut to ruby and mem talking about how mem is like wow it's really interesting to meet him in person he's also a lot more live than i expected Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the reveal that's kind of funny too is the re the reveal is hilarious because it's um it's Kana and Ruby like uh the day before they're going to go to the Japan Idol Festival and uh Ruby is too excited to sleep and Kana's like you should really get some sleep. And, and like all good friends, they sleep directly next to each other. Yes. For some reason. Separate cots, five feet apart, because they're not gay. Nope, they are directly touching. <laughs> True. Actually, yeah, no, you're right. I can't even do that joke. <laughs> oh, my God, they were roommates. <laughs> <laughs> they were roommates. Uh, look, the relationship stuff in this series is weird enough as it is. Let's not make it worse. Uh, but Kana's like, I, I don't understand how you're so jazzed up about this. I, I am so apathetic right now. And, uh, you know, Ruby's like, oh, well, I, I, I'm just I was I became the Sotaku. Uh, it really gave my shut in life some uh, 
well, she doesn't say shut in life. That's what Kana thinks. It was her life as a sickly child. <laughs> so much uh, verve and excitement. And uh, that's why I want to become an idol. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to wander around because I can't sleep either. We're also just going to barely gloss over the fact you said you were in love with your doctor. Yeah. soul is now your brother. Eight. As yeah. stated earlier, why in the nine hells have these two explicit perfect reincarnation children not talked about their past lives with each other? It didn't come up. I, to be fair, if it doesn't come up within the first, like, year... It's not going to come up. I like, I, yeah, no, I talk about this. The thing for me, the thing for me is this. It's not where is the lack of character motivation? Like, that's not it's not the character motivations. It's why is this a plot line in this story? The only thing making their relationship creepy now is their biological siblings. The age difference has been settled. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's weird. We got rid of one kink and now there's another. <laughs> Uh, no. Why did you have to put it like that? Uh, the Forbidden Podcast. We could read this on Cis Confidential. Kana is wandering around the house and uh, notices that Peon's mask is sitting unworn on the kitchen counter. It's like, ooh, I can finally see him without the mask. <gasps> Aqua! This is the part where it's getting... Like, it's, it's being stated out loud instead of just being really obvious subtext where she's like, uh, man, Aqua sucks. I totally don't have a crush on him anymore. I'm going to have a crush on Payon instead. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> and then the mask comes off. Also, I, I want to point out, it's like 11 at night when the entire agency has something to do tomorrow morning. And, and Aqua has decided I am going to pound a monster at 11 p.m. to relax. I know. I know. It's so funny. I'm like, bro, it's midnight. I'm feeling attacked. Do you do that when you have some place to be in like six hours? I'm feeling attacked. <laughs> Damn it, Jacob. This Ugh. is why we tell you to sleep. <laughs> sleep is for the weak. Anyway, uh, Arima's now like, well, now I'm not sleeping. <laughs> well, that that's some feelings I'm going to spend the next six hours processing. <laughs> mm -hmm. And boy, howdy, did she. We cut to the idol competition. Oh, by the way, they got band-aided into this idol competition as like an additional bonus for the manager. Because mm -hmm. apparently he blue balled Aqua with that information. So to make up for it, he got the idol group he's part of into... He got his sister's idol, idol Yeah, and like, it, cool. It They do make a big point about the fact that like, oh man, us debuting on a competition stage is so much more impactful than our YouTube channel, which we got a bunch of subscribers because one of our... One of our members, members is a YouTuber. Yeah, mm -hmm. like, yeah. So they start with 10,000 subscribers and they're going to debut at an idol festival. That's really impactful. That's a good off the ground kind of thing. That's way better than Strawberry Productions could have done in, on its own. Like, mm -hmm. But like they make it because the manager is doing Aqua a favor because he wants Aqua to be like indebted to him when it comes time for him to turn 18 and then sign on to an adult agency. Mm -hmm. Which presumably i he would stay with strawberry productions but it, i don't know it's weird 
Yeah. Well, I mean, he'd stay with Strawberry Productions, but the director wants if if Aqua has a choice between working on a project he's on or working yeah. on a project another director's on, he wants to pick. Him. Also, conceivably, he doesn't know that Strawberry Productions has his unmistakable loyalty. Like that's also true mm-hmm. too. Yeah. I doubt Aqua would mention that at all. It, it doesn't really matter, but like they kind of play that in that the director also did that because people do favors for each other in showbiz because just That's... general life advice, do as many people around you favors as possible because one, it's good to be a kind person and helping people generally helps yourself. And two, when people owe you, they owe you. Just honest uh, look at showbiz that uh, Oshinoko is also quite good at. This entire like mini segment of them doing the perform uh, of them getting ready for and then doing the performance at the festival, because it is just Kana having a series of existential crises. <laughs> she, poor Kana. She is hideously sleep deprived. She is having very mixed romantic emotions, and she is having severe self doubt issues. All at the same time, she's got the hat trick. And yeah, because um, one thing that we uh, get into the reason why she's having such serious self-doubt uh, problems at the time is uh, she's actually since her whole like genius child actor thing has come and gone, uh, she's basically tried everything in the entertainment industry. She's actually done music before and she has sold embarrassingly poorly. Mm-hmm. She has lost money for her company which is the worst thing you can do Mm. and as such her ego has taken such a huge thing she's constantly trying to live up to the expectations she used to be able to provide but the problem was she was doing that by just being a cute kid that's not talent paying the bills that's luck of the draw so now she's older and realizes you need to also have talent on top of well, she had talent as a kid too, but like she, it, it's but different. yeah, there was a there was a lot of a lot of uh circumstance that was going into uh keeping her working consistently. Now she needs now she needs luck and the skills that she has. You know, when you combine the fact uh when you combine that with the fact that she had burned a lot of bridges as a child because of all of the stuff mentioned about her ego. You know, her ego had hurt her in the past. And she's basically been trying to recover since, and it's not really been working. Mm-hmm. It's and a big part of the reason why she doesn't want to do the idol thing, because it's like, that's a job opportunity. Like, she doesn't really care what she does. She just wants she just wants to be part of a good production, whatever it is. But she keeps poo-pooing the idol thing because she's gotten really defeatist on herself. She doesn't think it's going to succeed because she doesn't think she's capable of it anymore. The... The self-defeating mindset that she has is so pervasive, and it's very, uh, very well portrayed in these chapters because, um, you know, she's putting on this confident face of like, oh, I've been doing this show business thing for years. I'm not nervous. I'm not worried. This is just another day at the office for me. And meanwhile, every other panel is her like thinking about all the times she's failed. Am I not needed anymore? I'm am I not needed anymore is the most like overwhelming vibe from her because you know she grew out of being a child actress so naturally the child actor hiring company doesn't want her anymore and then her mother has to go take care of her injured grandparent 
uh, Kana's injured grandparent, mm-hmm. mother's parent. And it's like, and, and you know, the mother's like, this is an extremely difficult situation. I am so sorry about this. Uh, you'll, will you be fine? And, you know, Kana's like, oh yeah, of course, I'll be totally fine. Because again, just putting on the brave face. And the, it's just like, a string of failures followed by just life circumstance making her feel unneeded. And when she was filling a, what she thought of as a vital role for so long, it's a pretty huge touchstone of her personality. That's just been ripped away. Mm -hmm. Not going to speak for anyone else, but for me personally, Kana's whole struggle here is pretty relatable. Being, being young and having a very natural knack for something and kind of resting on your laurels and letting that get away from you and watching that thing that was you slip away from you mm-hmm. and have to reconcile with the fact that, well, the, uh, you know, older is my life now. That's not, you know, like I'm living in a different circumstance. What am I going to do with myself? I've I've felt that way before. I've I've been in that spot before and it 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 it, it stings in a very real way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because we're such good friends, if you ever want to hear the rest of the cast bully Jacob relentlessly about that vulnerable part in his life, go watch the Blue Period episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I'm Lord. That is a good episode. I do recommend that one. Jesus, <laughs> Lord, man. <laughs> oh, thank you. That was funny. <laughs> Jacob, uh, you're my friend, and I love you. <laughs> so, anyway, in this manga, like you weren't part of that. No, move on. Uh, anyway, in this manga, yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, Kana is dealing with a lot of uh, self-doubts because, I mean, like, you know, Kana's like, hey, we actually got a pretty good crowd. This wasn't a complete failure. That's pretty great. I mean, they're all here for Mem because she's a YouTuber, but whatever, it's fine. You know, I is successful. That's all I really wanted, oh, right? We skimmed over the fact they had, like, an entire, like, fake competition to see who got to be the lead girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, they play it up like it matters, but, like, Mem and Ruby are both just so incompetent. Like, hey, we need to be lead girl of the idol group. Hey, can either of you sing? Not really. That's kind yeah. of important. Yeah. Uh, I, I read it more as like uh, Ruby and Ben being like, we desperately need someone who can actually sing because we both suck. They came to realize that yeah. Yeah. midway Are, through the competition. That's not how it started. Arima, please, you need to be lead girl. I really just don't want. To, I'm, I'm, I'm basically here against my will anyway. Why do you think I want to be the face of this? Because you can sing. Yeah, and then that's where the whole self-doubt Thing is really perpetuated mm-hmm. that's why she didn't want to be leader because she doesn't think she's good enough cut to the performance she's on the stage she's just like yep i'm the best i also picked the white glow stick that means something in idol culture that i didn't really pick up on but i, didn't I they even... didn't they didn't explain it i they they just assumed you knew yeah it's one of those implied things yeah um, but, uh, <laughs> um, the, uh, the siblings actually end up helping get her out of her funk because, uh, Ruby's energy is just so infectious that it, it, it peps, uh, kind of up a little bit. Then, well, 
uh, there there was that scene with the babies uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. doing the uh, idol otaku uh, nonsense. <laughs> and, and, you know, kind of like, kind of <clears throat> continuing to have her like, her like waves of self-doubt because, you know, no matter how many self-affirming things you say, it's it, if it's an ingrained habit of self-deprecation, well, you're going to keep doing it. Plus, more it's, importantly, she's looking out at the audience that's listening to them perform, and she sees a lot of yellow glow sticks. She sees a lot of red? I, I forget what Ruby's red, color was. Red for Ruby. Ruby. Yeah. Red for Ruby. Uh, no white, which was her color, and she's like, yeah, well, no wonder they don't like me, except there's one white glow stick, and it's and aqua. It's it's Aqua, who is like try wielding all of the colors and going as hard as he possibly uh, can. They, they set up the romance beat and then completely destroy it, which causes um, Kane to laugh because she's like, "Okay, you're pre- you're wearing plain clothes and are pretending to not be from the agency, but you're also going like, I corporately love all three equally. What a good band." <laughs> <laughs> It's and like so he's good. got the he's he's got the complete deadpan look on his face as he's flailing like a madman. <laughs> she completely breaks kayfabe. It's so good. Well, she breaks. She was already breaking kayfabe, and the fact that she laughs and is like suddenly she's having a good time because of her idiot boyfriend over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, not her boyfriend. Not she's boyfriend, because idol. Yeah, but well, and also idol, but like. She suddenly uh, starts having uh, having a much better time, and that that improves her performance. And the uh, and the three of them uh, uh, kill it. I I do appreciate the one old guy in the crowd. He's just like, oh, be Kamachi. Hey, that that was really only a single idol. I who made that really cool. They've got the same name, but they don't have. Oh my god, that one Ruby girl <laughs> looks identical to I. They are the best band ever. <laughs> There, there's supposed to be, was that guy supposed to be a character we knew? No. Okay. Yeah, a, a part I, of me wondered if that was the original producer, but it's not. No, it's not. That, that it's guy was not. different. Yeah. Don't don't get me started on this manga introducing characters you think you should know, and then <laughs> I uh, is that the next they, chapter actually? Because that is I the next chapter. Yeah. Chapter. I want to complain about chapter thirty nine because it is a point of view chapter from one of the idols. And because they have same face for the longest time, I I thought maybe this was like mem. I because mm-hmm. it made sense. She's like, oh, okay, we're done performing. I'm gonna go check out a cute girl. I'm like, that doesn't seem like that was her plot, but maybe it is. They're talking about how she's older. Then they say 23, and I'm like, is is this a flashback? That doesn't make any sense. It's just a completely separate character whose name. I looked up because I had to check this girl out on the wiki. Uh, it's Mana, Ma- isn't it? it? It is Mana Suzushiru. She is a completely new character introduced in this point of view shot where she is another idol who sees Bikomachi perform and goes, well, people quit the idol industry every day. Guess I'm going to join them. And then we get like the behind the music narrator go and that was the last thing the internet ever knew about mana suzuhiro and i'm like who the hell is mana suzuhiro <laughs> so i do do i care i i had to look her up on the wiki 
And the trivia page for her on the Oshinoko wiki is Mana only appeared in chapter 39 and as of February 2022 has never been mentioned again in the following chapters. Okay, so I I felt that it was pretty obvious what this was doing. This was another one of those like this is this is an honest look at the idol industry because a lot of those like we basically had two perspectives on the idol industry. Here is the ruthless cutthroat truth of it. And then here's Ruby's idealized version that is like the reason why the idea has a like like the, the the reason the institution has the appeal. This one is a bit of a more of a middle ground where it's like, you know, it's like people can be like be like, you know, yeeted out of the industry dramatically and it can be really bad. And like, here's the, you know, negative aspects of the parasocial bond. People can also just choose to gracefully leave because like there's a whole thing about how um she's like. No, you know, I, I, I understand it's just a slice of the industry, but like, it feels weird that we should care about the name. I, I don't know. It feels like maybe she was supposed to matter more when they were in the like big group meeting mm. hall and they just kind of cut that plot line. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I thought it was I thought it was clear that that was just supposed to be a slice of the industry thing. And they, well, they spend a lot of time establishing a character then. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm a bit with Matt on this one. It's it, it feels like a cut side character because because mm. here's the other thing. This arc was missing some meat. Yeah, yeah. like like I I have read enough Legend of Driz and Discworld to understand introducing a whole new character to just then immediately yeet them out of the story to make a point about the theme. But. This this felt like it uh, did that wrong <laughs> to the point of being confusing anyway mm. the second half of chapter 39 is amazing because they all get on the tour bus together at the end yeah. of the night and mm -hmm. uh kane is refusing to talk to aqua uh <laughs> mm -hmm. mem then tells producer mom just like oh yeah i guess they don't get along at all and producer mom's just like no they normally get along what's going on here oh i got it hey um aqua how are things with your girlfriend and aqua just goes like well we were all really only in a relationship for the cameras and like we actually haven't even met since then so i don't know uh i think we've maybe got like a pastry thing for instagram at some point but i, I don't know when that's happening and you just see <laughs> know, whirls, face she whirls in her seat eyes glowing <laughs> Oh, I guess I'm going to be super friendly to you now that I've heard you don't have a real girlfriend. And you see Mem just put two and two together like, oh, wait, oh. <laughs> and then in an amazing processor takes a little bit to warm up. She's like, oh, I'm so happy for them. Oh, wait, no. Kane actually likes Aqua. Oh, no. Oh. I'm just I'm just sitting there like, Mem, you're an idiot. <laughs> I love that. I love that pair of panels of Mem thinking, and then shocked face, little chibi Kana, little chibi Aqua, heart arrow pointing from Kana to Aqua. <laughs> She's got this shocked look on her face. I'm like, you're a fucking moron. How'd you not see this? <laughs> I love this. I lo this is the dumbest plot line of this manga, and I don't care. It's my favorite. And I love it because the little chibi mem in the night sky is screaming, I don't know who to root for. <laughs> oh, Power. The ships are so good. 
our uh, our final chapter uh, sets up the uh, where the story's going from here. Uh, they're gonna do a, a stage play so that we can keep Akane in the plot. Uh, mm-hmm. So they've got a whole big thing. The producer knows the stage play of 2D productions. They've got the rights to a hit anime that's going on. It's some boys love nonsense, but the main ship is straight. So, okay. Mm-hmm. That that explains why Akane and Aqua are being recruited because they're publicly dating. So the fact that their characters are dating will be good. Um, and also, as the stinger at the end, they're like, hey, by the way, there's another love triangle interest in there, and it's played by Kane. What? <laughs> I saw that. I lost my shit when I saw that panel of her showing up. Played by me. Kana walks into the scene, and you can hear the hissing. <laughs> oh. I, I heard the Ultra Instinct trumpets. <laughs> like... Like, oh. she just appears on panel like me. Uh, that happened after the date, because the date's equally as territorial. It, it happens during the date is oh. the best part. Okay, yeah, because what happens is um, Aqua and uh, Akane are on their court, on their social media mandated, we're totally a couple uh, going to get dessert date. And they tag themselves at the location on Instagram. And then within like a minute, uh arima's there and just goes hey you should really post this after you're done with the restaurant you don't know if a violent stalker would be here hey um, you're the stalker hey how'd you get here within a minute of us posting that (laughs) shut shut up shut up i'm dramatically revealing i'm part of the i'm one of the vertices on this love triangle you just uh you just uh growling at the window outside and decided that this was an excuse to come in uh Oh my god, totally. <laughs> I love this plot line. <laughs> oh, but, uh, yeah. Because That's... the best part is Aqua is the least involved in this love triangle by far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he has also... no idea it's even happening. Yeah. It's, at this point, it's not a love triangle. It is a it is, it is a <laughs> it is a love axis. It's it's something. Uh we also get a stinger at the end that the producer of the stage play is kind of a dick but he also looks like a Yu-Gi-Oh villain so I don't... <laughs> he's some kind of weirdo he's a he's a Tokyo ghoul character this is the part that I I said remember the eye thing for later because I can't help but notice he has glasses now given the way that Oshinoko has disseminated information I have the feeling there's going to be a setup like oh, wait a minute is the star eye the father's trait and then he pulls off the glasses to reveal he's not the father because he doesn't have the star eyes. Mm. That seems more like what Oshinoko would do, but it does sort of make me think that like there's a chance there's a reason his eyes are covered. Um, I could be completely off base with that one, but that's part of the reason why I was starting to think that maybe the uh, star eyes are actually um, going to tie mm. in that way. Mm. Maybe. But um, yeah, no, he... <sighs> For a manga that started with getting isekai'd into your love interest baby, um, th- this manga's really going off the rails. Uh, it is. <laughs> what rails was it on to begin with? It was, it was for a period of time on some rails. <laughs> <laughs> it was generously on some kind of rail. 
It was driving off a cliff, but conveniently on the other side of the cliff was some rails. Those rails just also went off another cliff. It was pulling a real uh, Polar Express train drifting thing. Anyway, <laughs> thus brings us to the end of our reading. Uh, favorite character. Uh, I'm going to say without a shred of uh, <laughs> without a shred of doubt in my mind, Kanarima. I love her so much. Oh my god. <laughs> Horrible disaster. <laughs> She's great. <laughs> She is here to be Sundere and cause chaos, and by God, she will make sure that happens. Oh. Every scene involving her and Aqua is the most, like, petty sniping shit possible, and I am a sloppy bitch who loves drama, so... Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll go. Uh, Matt here. Uh, my favorite character, for this section of the reading at least, has got to be Akane, because... Um, one really powerful the whole cyberbullying thing you got to see her real self and then her superpower is amazing and also just the gall and the freudian nightmare that is deciding to dress up as your crush's dead mom to sexually entice him <laughs> without knowing any of the actual context <laughs> so good uh jake how about you uh Kana is my sweet and precious child, and I want the best for her, and I I will I will protect. <laughs> I love Kana so much. She's such a she's such a dumb little dork, and also a relatable character, at least to me personally, and also just the funniest like Cindere like like chooses violence type character. Uh I loved everybody, honestly. Um definitely the one that like I I was always the happiest to, to uh uh see her on panel. Alright. And uh thoughts on uh the direction of the plot. Um I, I am a little disappointed by the by the blue balls of the the reveal from the producer at the end of uh My Love. So I can't say I'm too enticed by the further reveal of Eyes Past. However, I am extremely hooked on the love triangle uh, drama. That's uh, kind of where I am. Mm. I I feel like I mentioned this last time. I, I still will maintain I think the isekai nonsense is the weakest part of this. Mm. Everything I've enjoyed has been like super talented teenagers doing idol stuff and i think we're even further from needing to know that they are adults in because even the part where um aqua has his whole like monologue about why it's okay that he'll be attracted to younger women like that doesn't feel like that's an interesting isekai plot that feels like that's justification for hey the story is gonna get weird and it's like it doesn't feel like this ever wanted to be an isekai mm. mm-hmm why why is that plot point here why are we doing that well, it's like the same plot point why have the twins never talked to each other about the fact they're both souls from a different age because it, it yeah, doesn't cause, matter because again that's the thing i keep starting to mention but not actually finishing saying i don't it's not that i don't understand why the twins wouldn't say it to each other when would it come up it would actually be a little bit difficult to contrive a reason for them to talk about it i don't know why narratively that's being kept secret from each other because that doesn't 
give anything to the story in fact it seems to be designed with the express purpose of segregating ruby away from the main plot of the story which is a weird choice because honestly when ruby is allowed to cook she cooks yeah it is weird that aqua and ruby seem to never interact yeah i I actually can't think of one time they interact in the it's usually it's usually people complaining about how uh, overprotective uh, Aqua is of Ruby, which, again, isn't even really expressed in the text other than people saying it. Like, there are occasions where he's like, uh, uh, where he'll like do things, but it's not super common. It's talked about more than it's actually expressed. Um, mm-hmm. As for me, uh uh relative to thoughts on the plot i sort of gave my plot prediction about um you know the eyes actually being um not direct not coming from i but coming from the father and that being a big uh plot reveal we got a character with glasses that's why i sort of went on that train of thought i will say the um the blue balling of the reveal was uh it stung me less because i happened to read this over a longer span of time so the fact that it was so explicit that um he said that he knew exactly who it was and then that getting you know completely ignored by the time the plot line comes around I had had more time to like let that sort of like simmer and fall into the back of my brain. Uh, it is frustrating though, all the same, uh, even under those circumstances. And um, I'm not totally disinterested in the air quotes main plot, but I'm definitely more enticed by the interpersonal drama, which doesn't need the isekai. <laughs> Yeah, it feels like this manga has an A, B, and C plot. A is the isekai plotline, B is Aqua's personal bullshit, and C is Ruby's personal bullshit. And all of them are so segregated when it feels like they should be woven together. Yeah, if this if this story can manage to tie those three uh, stories together in a really clever and meaningful way, then that'll take this, you know, that'll take this, you know, eight and a half, nine out of ten series all the way up to being a ten. It doesn't seem to want to do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that does bring us to the... The perennial question, then, would you continue reading? Uh, like I said, I, uh, I'm i just hooked by this uh, love drama <laughs> at this point. I, I will continue reading purely to see how this uh, 2.5D stage adaptation of a anime adaptation of a manga adaptation with a love triangle played out in a metatextual and actual textual sense goes. Uh, Kana is my child and I will protect. Matt, would you continue reading? Uh, yeah, I, I'm intrigued by the love triangle nonsense that is the next arc, at least. Um, I It has lost some credibility with me about being able to fulfill promised plot points. So the mm-hmm. intrigue has kind of waned, but yeah, sure, why not? I've read worse things. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, thank you everyone once again for listening to the OverMangaCast. As always, you can find us on all of your social medias where we are at OverMangaCast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, whatever any of those feel like being this week, if they are still existing. Uh, We're also on YouTube where you can like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, The episodes are there on a two-week delay, uh, so if you want to catch up with all of our episodes, uh, you can head over to OverMangaCast.com. You can also uh, comment on episodes there as well. 
And as always, we appreciate reviews in any and all forums. Uh, you can reach out to us on iTunes, Podchaser, any place that'll let you type out what you want to say about us. Uh, star reviews are always appreciated. We like five, but, you know, give us what you think we deserve. Uh, if you ever want to reach out to us uh, personally, if you, for example, have something you'd recommend us read, uh, you can go to overmongcast.com. There's a nice little comment section at the bottom of every page there. Or you can email us directly, overmongcast at gmail.com. And make sure to tune in next week where we are going to be diving into Hell's Paradise, chapters 1 through 16. Um, I've been playing a lot of Ultra Kill lately. I don't think that'll actually help, but uh, I'm sure I'll find a way to talk about it. Never stops you with Exalted. Yeah, no, it doesn't. So read that if you're keeping up with the show, and good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. So yeah, I'm, I'm saying if we could get business parts printed out with just Aqua's entire rant about why it's okay for him to be attracted to teenage girls, I think that'd be, like sell really well. Okay, is this still recording?